0: you.
1: Space. It is the second Sunday of Advent. My name is Heather. I'm so excited to be leading you in worship today. Part of what we've been doing with these Advent services is having a bit more liturgical reading, a little bit more um, responsive reading. And so today, I'm going to do the call to worship, but it requires your participation. And it's going to require that you are near someone else. So if you want to use a big voice, you don't have to be sitting exactly near someone else. But if you want to use a quieter voice, make sure you are near someone. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read our call to worship, and then I'm going to say a phrase, and you're going to turn to your neighbor and repeat that phrase. And we're going to welcome each other into this time of worship on this second Sunday in Advent. So I'll start, and then I will promise to let you know when it's your turn. I invite you to stand. Family of faith, one of the greatest joys of worship is that it is not a solo act. We gather together. We find joy and God in the act of connection. So as we begin our worship, I invite you to turn and face someone you are close to. Doesn't have to be emotionally close, just so you know, just physically close, so that you can see one another. So now repeat these phrases after me. Make sure you have eye contact. Here we go, ready? Welcome to worship. I am glad you're here. Surely God is in this space. In this. Let's say that one again. Surely God is in this space. In this. I see God in your face. In Amen. let us worship together. And let's sing.
2: Hi, I'm Karina and this is my dad. We're gonna be leading Advent today. Advent week two, this is from Genesis. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins, a voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here's your God. See the sovereign Lord recompense? Recompense. (laughs) Recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young.
3: Uh, I'm gonna read and then you'll
4: respond. How does a weary world practice peace? By listening before we speak and saying sorry when we need to. By advocating for justice and caring for our neighbor. By practicing Sabbath and forgiving 70 times seven.
2: By choosing grace over hate and opening the door for each other.
4: There are a million ways to practice peace. So today we light the candle of peace as a reminder and a charge. With God's God's help, may we we bring peace 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 into a weary world. Amen. So we're going to pray the prayer of illumination together today. And it's just a, it's like a prayer of openness as we gather here in all of the forms that we have and openness to each other and to God. So the words are going to be on the screen. We're having you guys stand and sit a lot, but it's kind of like squat day, you know, so (laughs) let's stand again, let's push from the glutes, activate. Good posture. How's that? Okay. So let's let's uh, let's read this with intentionality. So we'll kind of take our pace slow enough for all of our voices to be to be heard. Here we go. Holy God, we know that you are near. We know that you are standing at the door. You're running down the driveway. You are inviting us in into your word into relationship and deeper into joy so as we approach your word oh god we pray do not let us pass you by do not allow distraction or doubt to get the best of us do not let us walk down this road without you instead give us the wisdom to turn and run your way. Give us the wisdom to hear your wisdom, to let it sink into our bones and change us. With hope and gratitude, we pray. Amen.
1: If you want to be seated for this next song, you can.
0: touch their
3: Mike, check. Yeah. Good morning, Genesis. How's everybody doing today? Well, um, I know you can't tell by yesterday's 60-degree weathers, but it is, it is winter. It is the advent season. Uh, so hopefully everybody's keeping warm. Uh, If uh, you'd like to get to know us, and we'd like to get to know you, uh, please do so by filling out the uh, connection cards. Uh, We've got uh, connection cards uh, online on our website. Also if you have a smartphone, you can open your camera and point it to the fancy new QR codes on the pews in front of you, or you can uh, text Genesis text to 94000. Looking for it on the screen. It's not there yet, so you're just going to have to trust me. Um, If you don't know what a smartphone, a website, a text message, a screen and all that stuff is, you can look in front of you, we do have physical green cards where you can write down your information and and let us know how to get in touch with you. Uh, You can place that physical green card, looks like this, Um, in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary. And that's also where you can uh, place your physical offerings if you've brought them with you uh, just to remind genesis is fully operated by our faithful and, and generous uh, giving so thank you to all that give in person and thank you for giving online or via text just remember um, if you are giving your funding the vision to change the world through creating spaces of belonging through helping individuals identify and develop their calling and through taking action for the good of others, so thank you. Um, also, in this advent season, if you 'd like to participate with us in kind of a more corporate environment, feel free to go to our website and download the Advent calendar onto your phone or computer uh, via the Google or apple calendars and These calendars give you access to to da- excuse me uh, daily scripture readings, weekly prayers, and weekly activities to engage yourself and your family in this season of advent so we 'd love for you to join us and and to participate with us virtually in this all right so I mentioned cold earlier, so uh, we're all nice and warm in here. Well, some folks don't have the, uh, the benefit of having a warm place to stay over, over the cold winter months. So Genesis uh, participates in what's known as the uh, Warming Center. Uh, that's where Genesis and several other churches and organizations will be hosting um, various nights for people that are homeless out on the street to have a warm place to stay over the colder months of the year, get fed, feel comfortable feel loved and whatnot and we're doing that for 14 nights again this year from January 21st to to February 3rd and is, is Allison in the room hey Allison how long have we been doing the warming center okay over a decade so Maybe a thousand years. We don't know. Just over a decade is, is all the information we're going to get. Thanks, Allison. Um, but anyhow, so, uh, will this year, again, we'll be having a 40 uh, guest capacity, uh, a bit less than, than we had done in, in the pre, pre pandemic years. Uh, but we'll be, be continuing to follow the health and safety protocols, uh, that were implicated or, excuse me, implemented during that time. Um, I want to say, though, for folks that have been here when we've had 100, 100-plus 100 guests uh, versus the 40-ish that we have now, it really gives gives an opportunity to really connect with people on a personal level. You're not just, you know, packing folks in and as much as we can to get, bring them in out of the co- cold. You get a lot of time to spend with people, really get to know them one-on-one, get to know um, us one-on-one, get to connect Show them the love that we're trying to a little more deeply um, through those those connections so it's actually a very interesting time um, when we do have the more limited capacity, because it gives you a better opportunity to um, to connect with the guests so. If, if anybody didn't notice the half a dozen big whiteboards on the way in, um, those are all related to uh, the volunteering activities. So we've got tons of opportunities for people to participate in the warming center for, for various capacities, the most important of which being an overnight host. Uh, that's where you'd actually stay overnight with the guests, uh, monitor them, help them out if they need it. Um, so on and so forth. Um, my wife, Abby, she runs the uh, weekend day program where it's a little more interactive. We've got games and activities and again, uh, just hanging out with the guests uh, during the weekend. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, we've got showers again this year. Really great, great way for folks to feel appreciated and and whatnot. So um, we've got set up and tear down if you're not able to, to participate over the nights or the weekends. Uh, there's transportation I mean guest transportation services that folks can offer and also healing hands so a lot of the different opportunities for for you to participate directly in the warming center but if you can't we're also accepting donations via Venmo again with the fancy QR codes on the whiteboards outside helping us purchase the supplies and cover the costs that we need to help run this thing because it is not free and, and we're, we're helping out a lot of people over those couple weeks things like granola bars snacks coffee cups blah 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 Again, look for the, um, the Venmo QR codes outside or also in the, in the weekly emails should you sign up for those. Um, or if you'd like to bring something a little more physical to help the guests out, we're always looking for clothing to, to help people, um, through the, the winter season. So looking for underwear for women, uh, typically mediums and, and large sizes, boxer briefs for men's, for men, uh, medium through extra large, hats, warm gloves, undershirts in all sizes, emphasis on 2XL and 3XL because it's always better to, fit into a larger shirt than a smaller one, uh, but anyhow we're just looking for donations that we'd like to like to have delivered to the church by um, Sunday January fourteenth, if at all possible Amazon will also ship to this church if, if, if you prefer that wink wink. Um, so if you are interested and um, you need more information, you can see allison you can check out the website the sign up genius as uh, referenced on the boards it will give you a little more information about what all those volunteering opportunities represent. And there is a training on January 7th from 12.30 to 1.30 in person and on Zoom after the service. So mark your calendars for that. If you're gonna be doing an overnight host shift, um, it is mandatory and it's highly recommended for first timers. And even if you've done this before, it changes just a little bit each year. So always good to come and, and connect with folks just in case you have some, some questions that, uh, that come up. So again, more details on the sign up Genius, QR code, so on and so forth. And come see Allison or myself if you have any questions. So. I'm getting through it. They gave me a long agenda. I don't know why they wanted me to talk so much, but thank you. Virtual high five. Um, so this can be a challenging season for folks, um, folks who have experienced loss or or hardships or other, other challenges. And um, often the time of, of joy of this holiday season can be overshadowed or, or really tough to identify um, when you're experiencing that loss or have experienced that loss. And so as a result uh, many churches around the nation have started a practice of what we call blue christmas or or a longest night service on the winter solstice um so we'll be we will be doing that as well and they're designed to provide a space for prayer for reflection and for remembrance um amidst the uh the twinkle lights and holiday hustle and bustle so kind of taking a step outside the the black sundays and the buying of christmas gifts and the trying to um not strangle your family uh, around the Christmas season. So, um, you know, please join us on the 21st. That's a Thursday at 6 p.m. for for that service. And then also on Christmas Eve, we'll be having a service. Only one, it'll be at 5 p.m. that night, so there will not be a 10 a.m. service, but please do join us. That will be on Sunday, 5 p.m., Christmas Eve. I will not be doing a a Christmas service, so just Christmas Eve, 5 p.m. Don't show up at 10 a.m., you'll be standing outside the door knocking and no one will answer. Um and I got two more announcements. Uh we have uh canceled the rehearsal for the children's nativity. Uh next week's is still on, but but uh, today's is, is is no longer. Um if you're interested in that, please uh see see Jerry. Is Jerry in the room? And she is not at the garden desk, thank you. So I got support all over the place. We're all about support here. Um so see Jerry at the garden desk if you've got any questions or would like to sign up. And the kids can be released, but before we do, everybody, connection time. Favorite is Christmas season. So, you know, meet with the folks around you, try to find somebody new, and just to kind of break the ice. Tell them about your favorite garments that you like to wear in Christmas onesies, ugly sweaters, funny socks. Totally up to you. And hopefully, there's a backstory to that. So, share it if you will. Thank you.
4: Great job connecting. Well done, church. So glad you're here today in our Advent season. So this is week two of of Advent. The theme is, How Does a Weary World Rejoice? And we find joy in connection is the theme. Today, Hannah Hoskins is going to be teaching and setting us up for our conversations because it's the second Sunday many of you might know hannah she's been here for a long time if you know our practices when we invite voices and teachers we typically the the teachers are among us the people among us um, we don't typically invite outside voices a lot only because you know we don't know them and, and we're not a church that likes to um celebrate superstars or that's nothing wrong with people being like awesome 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 but we have this value that says our heroes are among us, everyday people living like Jesus. And so I know as a pastor, I find a ton of value in hearing from the people who are among us. Because we, get to, we know your stories. We know how you live. We, we know you look like Jesus. And I think it benefits us all. Um, in that way. And so Hannah's been one of those voices who has taught for a number of times. Her dad, in his, like, second career, right, because he, he finished a career, and his second career was a pastor. And he passed away oh, 15, 13 years ago. And so even when Hannah was, when I asked her, I was like, Hannah, would you be willing to, to teach an Advent on this? And I asked her, like, last week, you know, like 10 days ago. You know, and I don't normally do that, you know, but did it. And Hannah was like, sure, I'll do it. Um, and then she said there's a moment uh, that she feels like she's able to um, channel her dad. Like her and her dad stepping into these moments together in a way. Or something that, so I was like, oh, that's just, that is just cool. So I'm always honored. Um, this is Hannah Hoskins. Her and her husband, Ben, have been here for a long time. They've served in a number of things and have volunteered and loved people, so you may know them. If not, this is Hannah, and Hannah, thank you for being willing to step in and to, to teach and to set us up and to get us to ponder today. So let me pray. Okay, Father, thank you for the yeses and for the activating and for the history that we all have. Thank you for what you have whispered into her, what you have shouted <laughs> to her, what you, you presented, and thank you that we need to be in community together, that um, you've allowed us to step into this season at this time together. And so uh, we say let us receive and as we say again God from you and each other. And thank you for Hannah being willing. And so open her mouth, give her the joy in expressing what you've put in her. Amen. Amen.
5: Lord hear our prayer. Thank you. Good morning. I feel like my name has been said 12 times already, but when I introduce myself, it's like your rhythm to get started. So I'm Hannah Hoskins, and I have—Genesis has been a place that my soul has kind of called home for, in February, will be eight years. Um, So I was an honor, as I shared with Beau, to get asked again to come and share a teaching today. and walk us through our Advent theme, How a Weary World Rejoices, We Find Joy in Connection. Um, I do find a great deal of joy in connection. For those of you that know me, uh, would know that I am a very high degree of pedigree of extrovert. Um, just for an example, not as a comparison and not in any way to glorify busy, but I want you to hear what my extrovert life has been like for the last few days. I was in DC this week until late on Thursday night with a lot of meetings site visits people I spent all day on Friday with people connecting talking about big ideas hard things. Then I had a house full of people to celebrate a birthday for my mother, Um, then I led our Community cafe with volunteers for uh, our Community meal that we serve twice a month, then I went to dinner with some friends went to a holiday party that didn't start until 8 p.m. What is that? I don't understand that. And then I helped with our volunteer breakfast this morning. Oh, shoot, Jim, I just pulled that. I knew I was going to do that. Helped with our volunteer breakfast this morning, and now I'm up here, and I'm excited to go to Eastern Market with people after church. (laughs) like. And I, right now, have the energy of like... Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. On Monday morning at 8 a.m., I leave for Miami to lead our executive team for work through a series of volunteer events. So I have the energy right now of like 10,000 hurricanes, so I just bear with me as I walk us through this. Um, But in the spirit of vulnerability, I also wanted to tell you about some of the emotions that I experienced while preparing for my very short notice uh, teaching this morning I text Nate about this as I was preparing, and I said, oof, this week's theme is stirring up some stuff. I used a different S word, but I stirring up some stuff. And as I continued to further process with Bo, I realized that I thought I was angry. I thought I was angry over broken relationships that had kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth, angry over fearing feeling a little bit discarded when I stopped being somebody's source of convenience or comfort. I wrestled with some heaviness over feeling like I'm always the activator in the relationships, drawing people into my orbit and trying to navigate this unrelenting nightmare of coordinating calendars. Most of the time, I reach out to people I want to be in relationship with, and there's the cycle of offering a series of dates, moving and shuffling to make times work, picking locations and engagement efforts. And even in the past, I've battled with the fear of rejection if I don't invite them to connect, are they gonna realize that I'm not activating? Are they gonna miss me? And then I realized that that anger was actually grief. I'm sad that there are broken relationships. I'm sad that there's times where there's weariness in connecting. I was sad that relationships that had received an investment from me that held sacred pieces of my heart seemed to have fallen away when I stopped activating them. And I imagined that some of you, and Bo and I were talking about this, like some of you sitting in this room or listening online, maybe having a really hard time finding joy in connecting. Julia said this morning to me as we were kind of talking through this, joy is a risk, and I loved that analogy, like joy is action, it requires movement, weariness, on the other hand, creates apathy and a stillness and a sitting and a not moving. So joy is a risk that we need to take. And we all just may be very weary from it. There may be many of you that are sitting with the heaviness of broken relationships. I know there are many of you that are sitting with the heaviness of broken relationships. They're sitting, you're sitting with the messiness of those difficulties. And perhaps some of you are sitting with even the guilt of the lack of connection and you're struggling to find joy. I also wanted to add that this story in particular that we're going to talk about may be difficult for some of us in outlining the story of two women who are pregnant and they find joy connecting with one another over being pregnant. And it's another story that emphasizes favor that they received in that, and they're very different, unique situations. They have become pregnant. And as someone who has never experienced pregnancy deeply desiring to have had children, this story kind of on repeat during our liturgical calendar that we follow, that can be hard and a difficult reminder. It may even cause us to question and wonder why we didn't find favor. Does God see us? We have families here in this body that have lost babies, we, that have wanted babies, that have experienced great difficulty and cost in having babies, and have held babies that were born sleeping. And this story may present some additional grief. And it's important that we acknowledge that, right? Like, let's hold space for the fact that some of us are gonna have a real hard time experiencing joy and connecting, especially with this story. And that's okay. So, let's take a second. God help us. We wish all of those relationships were not broken. We wish that you weren't sitting with that heaviness or holding any guilt. God, help us as we hold pain of unanswered prayers, grief surrounding feelings, of incompleteness that comes with the struggle of loss surrounding children. And Lord, hear our prayer for peace, for resolution, for healing and restoration where possible. Help these broken hearts to feel your love, be seen by you, and cared for deeply as your beloved, even right now, in this moment. While we want to honor the ways that joy can expand when it is shared with others, we also want to be mindful of all of those who may be experiencing that loneliness and isolation through the holidays, or those that are deeply missing loved ones. While joy is fundamentally rooted in connection, that connection can expand beyond just human relationships. We experience joy through feeling a deep connection with ourselves, our loved ones, to God, nature, music, the sunset, long walks on a beach. Sounds like an ad. Um, So as we look to the gospel texts, many teachings do emphasize how Elizabeth provides sanctuary for Mary. However, this year, we hope to highlight a different angle. Perhaps Mary's arrival is what pulls Elizabeth out of her seclusion allowing her to experience joy and delight. I love that word. Delight is like my favorite word. I use it in emails all the time, and I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) Could you not say delight so much? We want to highlight the mutuality of their joy, even if they each cannot feel joy for themselves, they are holding joy for each other. It's really beautiful. From that connection, joy grows. And While you may be sitting with pain and weariness, you may also be sitting with proximity to relationships that bring you great joy. So as we get started, I wanted to take a 60-second exercise and ask you to close your eyes. 60 seconds is always a long time when you're standing up here, just FYI, but close your eyes. And if you're comfortable doing so, I'd like you to close your eyes and take three really deep breaths, like pop your pant button breaths belly breaths and ask God to bring to mind relationships that might be causing you weariness as well as relationships that cause you joy because we're going to reference those during our discussion time so just close your eyes and let's pause for 60 seconds. might have been 45 seconds, but we're going to keep moving. If you're comfortable, would you mind raising your hand if the Lord brought, if God brought to you um, someone specifically or something in particular, a relationship that is causing you to feel weariness right now? Would you raise your hand if you're comfortable? And what about joy, a relationship that's bringing you joy? I'm gonna say I'm slightly happy to see that a little bit more people raise their hand with the joy one. So that's good. I have my hands up for both as well, weariness and joy. Um, I'm gonna blame that I didn't have enough time, so I don't have slides, but I think Imad was gonna maybe try to put some together. So I'm gonna read the scripture out loud and you can follow along if there are slides, otherwise I apologize um, for the oversight on my part. But this is Luke 1, 25-45, 25-45, through 45, which is the foretelling of the birth of Jesus. Quickly backing up in the story, the father of John the Baptist is a man named Zachariah. He's married to Elizabeth. Zechariah was recently visited by an angel of the Lord who told him that his elderly wife would become pregnant and that this child was going to be responsible for bringing people back to the Lord. Reasonably, Zachariah, and his disbelief, had questions about this bit of information. And his doubt caused the angel of the Lord to take away his ability to speak until Elizabeth delivers the baby, which we perceive that might have brought Elizabeth into some seclusion. We don't know that. We're speculating. So the scripture starts off with Elizabeth speaking. The Lord has done this for me, she says. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. I'm sure that's what he said. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be a great.'" <laughs> he will be great. I liked that part. "'He will be great.'" It's great. "'And will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David.'" And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asks the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she is. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servants. May your words be fulfilled to me. And the angel left her. So a couple couple things about that. Um, Mary didn't know that Elizabeth was pregnant. And so this is her finding out. And the conclusion of this um, scripture highlights that Mary got ready hurriedly and went to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she went to Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. And this is where their joy and connecting happens. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her." I just thought that was really beautiful. Example of joy in greeting. All right, I'm going to skip the Isaiah scripture right now. As long as we have time, we can come back to that. But um, there's another reference here. When we are weary, we find it hard to express joy. When we are weary, we might find it hard to share space with other people because our weariness has seemingly stolen our joy. Is it even possible to be joy filled alone and by yourself? Sure, it is. There are lots of things that we can do that will bring us joy, but what external joy is possible without others, without others to acknowledge it? Could it be that internal joy can only be actualized in external connections. Shared joy is one way that the weary world can rejoice. We find Elizabeth alone for five, six months. There's no indication in the text that explains her isolation. But speculation offers that it's due to the same reason Zachariah was silenced, perhaps doubt. Elizabeth probably had questions, and we can speculate about what those questions might have been. Does the Lord know how old I am? We've been waiting for children for a while now, and we're pregnant. The shame of being barren has caused her to be so weary, so how am I supposed to rejoice in this? Excuse me. We don't hear those questions, but what we hear is her resolve in verse 25. This is what the Lord has done for me. He has looked favorably on me, and he's taken away this disgrace I have endured among my people. Reverend Cecilia Armstrong, who is the author and creator of the content that we're following, outlined some helpful commentary that I thought framed the story up well. We're not sure about Mary's travels. She had set out with haste to enter the house of Zachariah and meet Elizabeth. Zachariah probably didn't say a word. She runs over there and he's just like, hey, i here. We don't know if she traveled alone, but we know that she went on a mission to get clarity about her own encounter with Gabriel. So Mary's leaving to try to go on this epic journey to try to get clarity about her own journey, her own experience with the angel. Creative thinking would suggest that Mary did all of this on her own in isolation by herself with no one to help, hurt, or hinder her mission. We don't hear her questions either. We do hear her question Gabriel, wondering how can this be, since she's a virgin, but we don't hear an internal dialogue during her travels. Imagination would say, does the Lord know how young I am? I haven't even been married yet, and now I'm pregnant? The shame of being with child without being married first has caused me to be weary. So how am I supposed to rejoice with this? We don't hear those questions, but we witness her resolve by seeing her travel to her relative. Two pregnant women meeting and sharing their experiences with one another, chatting and hanging out. The two women are related, but surely different from one another. One is young, one is old, one is married, one is not. One is carrying the word of God and one is carrying one who prepares the way. They were both separate when they got the news of God's plans for their lives. It is when they are connected and they experience shared joy, that is when they come out of their isolation, and that joy becomes a connection. If comfort is a necessity in this weary world, then rejoicing should be done in the company of others. I'm going to say that one more time and maybe write it down. If comfort is a necessity in this weary world, then rejoicing should be done in the company of others. Mary and Elizabeth have shown us joy in joining in their comfort. I wanted to share um, an example of how this has shown up in my life And this, I'm not announcing a pregnancy, so let's just (laughs) call that good. Um, However, last uh, time that I spoke, I shared about—and some of you who know me know that Benjamin and I have a 14-year ritual where we have dinner on Monday nights with friends. It started off where we were taking food out of a meal train situation to uh, provide a meal for new mom, and we stayed. We 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 never stopped coming over on Mondays for dinner. And it's been going on for 14 years. And I've shared that story in various small groups that I've been in and used that as an example of, it's costly, it's a time commitment. There's other things that we give up because first and third Mondays, like those are dedicated to our Monday night dinner friends. For a long time, those friends were church for us. They were our safety. They were soft landing. We've held hands. We've cried. We've laughed. We've challenged each other. We've given feedback, and we've helped through some difficult situations together. But it hasn't been an easy thing always to show up for. Sometimes it's hard and costly. So we have some other friends who were a part of a small group, and they kind of took covid Uh, hard, and they had isolated a bit, and pulled back, and had slowly, like, we kept in touch, kept reaching out, saying, hey, how you doing? Finally started having coffee together, and meeting in different places, and sharing in conversation about how isolation was impacting and affecting them. And I mentioned, like, it's costly. It's a lot to come out of that. You need to take some action, and do one thing, one next thing, that can kind of help you reinvigorate this space for you. And my friend said, I want Monday night dinner friends, and was referencing back to the story that I would shared a number of times about how we have Monday night dinner friends, but we want them to be with you in bed. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, oh, I don't know if I have capacity to do another biweekly ritual standing of dinner with someone. And I had to think for a minute and I said, can we wait, can we talk about it? <laughs> can we, do I have to answer now? My people pleaser in recovery said, I have to react then respond. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not gonna answer right now, but let's talk about it. And so I went back home and I was kind of thinking through it and I said to Ben, you know, hey, our friends wanna do this, but they wanna do it on Tuesdays because Monday's trivia night and that's fine. We've already got something on Monday. And so we evaluated this shared ritual and this privilege and this gift of getting to be with people and share community. We are intimately acquainted with our Monday night dinner friends lives, we know how much money they make we know their financial struggles we've sat with them and worked on budgets. We know the challenges that they're having related to intimacy in their marriage at periods and times the challenges that they're having related to child rearing their joys and aspirations and hope for the future is we get to hold all of those sacred bits of their hearts and ben said something that was super helpful for me to frame this up he was like this isn't just an invitation to bring people dinner this is an invitation to hold sacred pieces of people's hearts and they're asking us to do that that's a that's a privilege that's a gift so we stepped into it so we're starting tuesday night dinner friends And hopefully this opens up to other folks who may want to join occasionally on a Tuesday night because our friends were like, Hey, let's see if this organically evolves into something else and people can join and be a part of this. Um, Sharon Butchery introduced me to the pies concept. So we talk about our physical, intellectual, emotional and spiritual standing for the week or for the season. Rank it five out of one out of five stars. So if anything's a two, we stop and we say, What do you need? Is there something practical I can do to help? Do you want to just pray about that thing? But we go through how we're doing physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, and that's our conversation. One of us brings dinner, show up at their house, we have a conversation, and we go home. But we're creating this space to be able to have joy and connection and celebrate when we're three and a half out of five stars on something, and that's a shared, there's a shared beauty in that. And I think that the invitation here is that it's uncomfortable and it's costly this isn't something that's easy for us to do it's another weekday commitment it means we're not doing something else. And i'm not sharing this as a braggy hand on the back pat situation i'm sharing it as an invitation to think about the weary relationships that the Lord may have brought to your mind during our 60 seconds of rest is there a Elizabeth in your life to draw closer to, that's calling you, that might be a little bit difficult, might present some challenge? Are you a Mary that you're feeling compelled to go to someone? Or who is your Mary? Who draws you out? Who brings you joy? Who creates connection for you? So we can wrap up with uh, stepping into some groups, but there is going to be an opportunity for you to Kind of dig into that during your discussion time and i just invite you to listen practice the act and the posture of listening um, for some direction from the holy spirit
4: thanks thank you hannah so much so if you don't know, um, the second Sunday, we have a rhythm. We have different rhythms in the weeks. And second Sunday is the discussion one. And part of that what we said is that is that we learn from each other. That's how you learn. And m- when it comes to connection, we have a shared knowledge through our experiences. But we only get to learn when we get to share the experiences and our learning together, so we had this pattern for some they're not used to it. But we think this is great we're going to take the next 20 minutes in pockets of people so i've got a li- i've got nine f- people who are prepared with four questions and so i'm going to have them stand up so we've got matt matt you can stand up matt's right back in there we've got brendan. Brenda's standing there in the vest there in the middle. I've got Ryan. I don't know where Ryan Ryan is in the back corner over there. We've got Abby. Abby is here in the front. We have Taylor. Taylor's here in the middle. We have Julia. Julia's standing up in there. We have Jill. Jill is standing behind Brendan in between Matt. And we have Sam. Oh, Sam is right here in the front corner. And so we may need to spread out, but the hope is to have like no more than eight people around again there's going to be no one who's going to be like um counting heads if there's too many but pull close around that there's four questions of participation um and then when that's done the pot that pocket of people will take communion together one last thing as you go for advent we have we we're encouraging an activity if you want to engage in the activity of belong, the activity for this week of Advent, the belonging activity is around Christmas cookies, to make some cookies and invite someone to do it with you, and then to give some away. Out there on the table, we have Christmas cookie bags and some sugar cookie, decorator molds, whatever they're called. Cookie cutters! We should be we should be playing charades. I'm amazing. I mean I just did this, and you guys are like, cookie cutters. <laughs> Alright, so they're out there. If you have, if you're feeling the, uh, the, the ability to do so, grab a bag, grab the cookie cutters, they're for you in the activities, but now pull around the people who are here, come around them, I'll jump on the one for Zoom, and I'll do the Zoom people who are on there for that conversation, and so come around the people there, about eight people around them, stick around for this, uh, and we'll connect, and then you'll, they'll dismiss you after communion.